this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host. I'm Andy. I'm razor blades in the cookies, and I'm Evan. I'm uh, Groucho Marx, because my Charlotte Chaplin costume looked a little too much like Hitler, and I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We are currently starting our coverage of the much-requested, nay, (laughs) much-demanded Freaks and Geeks. We're going to be covering episodes one, two, and three. But before we get into that, I have a bit for us. Can't wait. Can't wait for it. What's the bit? So I've been listening to a lot of You're Wrong About, and in turn, uh, Why Are Dads? And uh, there were two, like, there was a, a very strong You're Wrong About episode with uh, the, the razor blades and the apples. And then there was also a very wire dads with the dad doing his like, you know what happened to so-and-so? They died. Uh, so. I should have, my intro should have been, I'm Evan and I died. <laughs> <laughs> you could have done that next week. I could oh, have. Well, now I've wasted it, yeah. but you know, I, I never like pre-plan my, my intro. So I always, I always fall short. And then I have the, the, the spirit of the staircase thing, you know? So this is a, uh, this is an, an interesting bit. I am looking for uh, an antidote or some wisdom that you received either from your actual father or a father figure. I <laughs> mean, an, an anecdote? Yeah, an antidote. Okay. <laughs> you know, did your did your dad ever give you a health potion? <laughs> 2D4 plus 4. Sure. You know, yeah. My dad uh, did poison me and it made me solve uh, the wizard's puzzle before I could have the antidote. Um, I, I figured for this one, I would go first. I do have one prepared and that because this is like more of a personal one and it might take some time to think of something on the spot. So sure. I do have one prepared if you want me to go first. I mean, you you can. I, I'm certainly ready to go, but. Uh, I will go first because it looks like Evan is uh, thinking. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in probably high school, my dad uh, started taking over the basement more, uh, especially like later high school when I was getting ready to go off to college. He started taking Is this over when he the- built his model trains. No, that was. I mean, he had that when like when I was growing up. Uh, my dad does love trains. Uh, he also loves like war memorabilia, and so. Uh, could have, as he could have guessed that from the love of trains. As he started taking over the basement, he had put up this naval flag that read, don't give up the ship. And I was just like, man, that's so heroic. Like, I don't I don't know the story behind it, but I just love this, like, mantra of don't, don't give up the ship. Like, you're, like, you're being attacked. I've always loved nautical shit. Uh, I never bothered to ask him about it. And then uh, in college, I think when I was home on a break, uh, I asked him, like, Hey, that flag, what's that mean? 
And like when you're in high school, you know, you maybe don't want to like ask your dad what something means. You know, I, I just took it as this, you know, kind of courageous saying. And he was like, oh, well, that's from the, you know, the, the War of 1812. There was Captain Lawrence. Uh, he was in this naval battle and those were his dying words. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, damn, that is really heroic. Like, did they win? Like, after he said that and died, did his troops win? And he was like, well, they took him into the hold, and then they surrendered. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, like those were his dying words, and then, like, they took him down below, and he died, and they just immediately surrendered, and he was like, well, the British had superior force, and I was like, but no, like, like, are you kidding me? And so for years, that's all I had was, like, I still really loved this flag and that saying and like it just had this new meaning for me and like it recontextualized the years where I thought it was really like kind of heroic and inspirational and like no like the truth of the story is like really kind of sad and depressing and uh one day probably not too long ago I was thinking about it still like I'm off to do you know wax poetically on on my previous life and I looked it up, like, the story, and while his his sailors did immediately surrender and the ship got taken over by the British, uh, John Lawrence, or Captain Lawrence's best friend, was also a naval captain. And when he heard the story about how his best friend died, he had the flag made that said, don't give up the ship. And it became a battle cry and a rallying cry for his troops uh, because they were so moved by the compassion of their captain for the death of his friend that they would scream it at battles with the British, and it led uh, to a bunch of great victories, and it's still like a saying by the U.S. Navy today, and that kind of took on this whole new meaning of like, oh, wow, like, you know, that defeat kind of moved other people into these great victories, and it's, you know, still used today, and then that got recontextualized as I realized that uh, the American military has always been a force for, like, colonialism and awful, awful, like, war crimes. So then it kind of took on another darker meaning than the first dark meaning of, like, maybe this whole thing is just shit. But for a while there, it was, like, really inspirational, and it was dark, and then it was kind of inspirational again. And then, you know, everything's terrible. <laughs> I, I like to think that they took Captain Lawrence down there. They knew that they were outmatched and he died. And everyone's like, so like we want to, sur we're, we're surrendering. Right. And then they had this whole philosophical debate about like, I feel like he meant our lives are the ships. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. each one of his, his, his crewmates, we are the ship, you know, we are, the, we are the, let's go. You got a You got a flag. You got a handkerchief. We can, yeah, let's just get up there. That, that's what he meant. Right. That's what he, we can all agree. As, as guard isn't the land. It is the people. The, the full <laughs> quote is don't give up the ship. Fight her till she sinks. Uh, which I guess didn't fit on the flag. No. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, he's dead. Uh, this boat's, you know, if it sinks, we're all dead. So maybe let's not do that. Right, yeah. yeah. It's also a much better, uh, hey, you know what? Like, when, when all else, when everything else goes, like, belly up, just do what you gotta do. 
do what's best for you because you're you're the best we've got. Your people, your humans. I will say too, uh, to to Evan's point about the model trains. My dad's model train railroad is dope. It is very cool and probably where my love of like miniatures comes sure. from. Yeah, trains rule. Model yeah, trains seeing, are the best. seeing that as a little kid was was always very cool. I I don't get it. I don't get it. No, oh, I love no. it. I don't. Uh, I don't get the trains. A very, a very touching thing my dad did for me was in his little uh, miniature city, and I say miniature city; it's massive. It is huge. Uh, he got a comic book store and he put it in there for me, Aww. and that was very cute. He didn't need to do that. It was very nice. Have um, I think this is a PA thing. Um, there is a place we went on a big trip to. Um, Crystal Cave and Coal Mines, uh, which was a trip to, like, you know, look in some coal mines out in, like, kind of western PA, probably more central PA, and, uh, like, a big cave of crystals. And on the way, uh, there's a place called Great American Sideshow, and it is just a giant, giant, like, warehouse. And the whole center of the room is just this, like, encased model trains like tiny village that you can like walk through and push buttons and little like miniatures wave to the train as it passes and, and it is the coolest thing that i can i can imagine um that sounds pretty rad it's so great road trip road trip for sure evan you have to come and enjoy the trains with us um okay my, mine will be much much uh snappier um, because I can only remember a handful of things my dad, uh, wisdom that my dad imparted on me. And, and the only one that I'm even somewhat comfortable sharing, uh, was a time when he was, uh, driving, uh, me, my, my younger brother and my younger sister who are all within, you know, four years of each other. Um, we were on the way to Saturday morning bowling. We, we, we bowled in a league. Uh, with Yabba, the Youth American Bowling Association. Um, oh, wow. This yeah. is a whole new chapter about you that I'm learning. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was never. Here's the thing that you got to know about me. I've never been good at anything I've done, but I've done a lot of things. Um, and one of those things was was uh, was competitive bowling. Um, and my dad always disliked driving us anywhere. He just did, that was not his thing. He would get home. At, uh, you know, four o'clock from work, crack a beer immediately. And my mom would be like, oh, Ronnie has to go to baseball. Like, oh, so I, I, I started drinking already. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. Can't take him anywhere. My bad. It was it was, you know, very intentional. Um, mm-hmm. But one Saturday morning, he didn't get to the course light fast enough. And so he had to take us to bowling. <laughs> we weren't even not not even like remotely out of our town yet, where like with absolutely zero prompting he looks in the rearview mirror at his his beautiful children uh i was probably 10 years old at the time my sister would have been um like six he just looks back and goes few kids are smart you won't have kids (laughs) and just looks out the (laughs) windshield and continues taking us to bowling and all of us are just like cool dad fine great okay um, oh, Hachi Machi. Yeah. He's fine. He's kind of 
Uh, He's fine. Um, It's one of those things where we all collectively agreed growing up that like none, none of this bothers us. We know that he's kind of like a space cadet. We know that he really didn't clearly did not want to have a big family. Um, and it was only years later in therapy where we realized, ooh, ooh, that that stuff got deeper than we thought mm-hmm. it did. Um, oh, yeah, it wormed its way right down into your psyche. It, and just it, it do that, don't developed. it? Developed, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's, that's the beginning and the end of, of uh, good old Ron Sr.'s advice. The other, the only, uh, here, here's, here's one that I'll get, I, I don't know if I've, if I've shared this in the podcast, this is not wisdom he shared, but something else that he shared. Um, I always joked, uh, growing up about where my name came from. Um, I am, I am a junior and, um, my, you know, so therefore my father is, is also Ron, Ronnie, Ronald and, um, Ron, Ronnie, Ronald, Ron, Ronnie, Ronald. <laughs> Uh, pick your poison, pick your poison. Um, and I always had joked about this being the case, but then I realized it was true one day talking to my mom where I had to be rushed to like the, um, ICU, the, the infant ICU, the, the nurse said, Oh, stay, stay with your son. You got to stay with your son to my dad. Cause my mom was still recovering, obviously. And, uh, he was given a form that said name and he wrote Ron Paul Mary. And then it said, parent's name. And he said, oh, shit. And just kept on filling out the form. Wait, and, for real? And wow. that is why I came back to my mom. She, They said, here's Ronnie. And she's like, my son's name is not Ronnie. And my dad was just <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, that's that is, incredible. That is something that wow. my father gave to me uh, as soon as he saw me. Um, if that if that gives you a good indication of the level of of fucks my dad gives, um, that is that is literally like a bit from a Judd Apatow movie. No, oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Wow, it was. Ronnie, I had joked about that being the case, fucking... and my mom was like, "Yeah, we had no into. We had some names, but like nothing like like really solid picked out. But we had no intention of you being a junior at all. We did not want that." That is the funniest thing I've ever heard. You know, heard. you can change that. Like, there are errors on birth certificates. It's it's fine. Like, you have to do a little bit. No, of he committed to the bit. Yeah, no, he was, yeah. <laughs> it was it was over I, at that uh, point. That's where Ronnie's uh, avoidance of conflict comes from. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I couldn't inconvenience this nurse. So I my, can just ask them for a fresh birth certificate. My son's so name could, is... If, <laughs> My uh, my previous boss, her son accidentally got named Wiggett because his name is Wyatt, but somebody like mistranscribed it when they printed out his social security card. So the Y, like the letter Y in Wyatt, got written as a G. And uh, they had to go to the social security office and have some people change that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I... I'm worried that I'm going to give the impression that my dad doesn't give me any advice, which is not true. My dad has given me a lot of good advice over my life, but my dad also has pretty bad ADHD. So he has a hard time like keeping his sentences concise. So I I don't know that I have a good anecdote from my dad, but he did definitely tell me not to buy a house uh, 
that was built before 1990 because you're just going to spend all your time and money repairing it. And um, anyway, we bought a house built in 1920, and here we are. He was right. I love our house. But uh, anyway, that's some advice he gave me, and uh, boy, was he right. <laughs> <laughs> if the if the ice that is currently growing on your air ducts have anything to say about it, <laughs> he may have he have, may have known a thing or two. Yeah, no, well, we discovered very shortly after moving in that he was extremely right. And I mean, I didn't disbelieve him even at the time. It's just that, uh, you know, I like, I care more about the vibes than about convenience. And this house has excellent vibes. So all I had to about go with the, the vibes. Had to trust the vibes. My dad's not a vibes kind of a guy. He's a very efficient, sensible man. Uh, and so I had to be like, Dad, I, I believe you. But um, the vibes, the vibes, they're speaking to me. There are good vibes. Yeah. You got good vibes. For sure. For sure. Anyway, we should talk about this show. We've been talking yeah, about other stuff. Let's talk about... Thanks. Yeah, you know, I try. I try. You guys always act like these bits are so easy to come up with. It's, they're not easy. I mean, sometimes they're just a very... Most of them are just a variation on what superpower would you have if you could have a superpower. But this was very... This I'm, was very I'm offended. Unique. No, don't be offended. What's the show about? Uh, <laughs> it's about there are geeks and there are freaks. And maybe it'd be a better show if it just focused on one. I don't know. Um, you know this show is about Lindsay Weir uh, trying something and everything going bad. That's pretty much every episode. Uh, so the first episode is entitled Pilot. Uh, uncreatively. It's, it's not a pun on the word pilot. It's just pilot. <laughs> Uh, I miss uh, I miss Pi let from let's, yeah. let's let's get it out of our system because if yeah. the entire if our entire the rest of the show is just gosh remember how good that one show that did not fit our <laughs> format at all was wasn't that great I wish the show was more like that we hey, all I'm love not, pushing I'm not, daisies I'm not, I'm not gonna rag on this show it's I I didn't think it was bad anyway um uh episode one it's the pilot uh our focal characters are Lindsay Weir and her brother Sam Weir. Sam and Lindsay go to the same high school. Sam is a freshman. Lindsay is older, possibly a senior, I'm not sure. Both of them are struggling to find their identities and their place in high school society. They're from what seems to be like a pretty wealthy family. And Lindsay, to this point, was a mathlete and seems to have been considered kind of like a square. But she's having an identity crisis, kind of, and is trying to get in with this group of burnout types uh, made up primarily of Seth Rogen, James Franco, and um, Jason... Se is it Siegel? Yeah. I, there's another actor with the last name Seagal, and it's, I keep uh... wanting to say it that way. But I know who Jason Siegel is. A Siegel. Um, anyway. Uh, Sam and his friends are getting bullied. And Sam is into this cheerleader. And he's trying to, like, work up the courage to ask her to homecoming. Uh, Lindsay tries to stand up for this kid who is developmentally disabled. And ends up accidentally, both physically and emotionally, hurting him. The episode ends with the homecoming dance, which Lindsay didn't want to go to and was insisting to her parents that she wasn't going to go to, but it ends up 
being pretty good. She ends up having a pretty good time. Um, episode two is entitled Beers and Weirs. They start to do this naming convention here, and they appear to abandon it after just a few episodes, <laughs> where they do, like, the the episode title is two rhyming things, because the show is called Freaks and Geeks, but they, they give up on that, like, like, three or four episodes in. Anyway, episode two is entitled Beers and Weirs. Lindsay's new burnout friends learn that her parents are going to be out of town, and they want to have a party at her house, and Lindsay agrees to it because she has got a crush on James Franco's character. But Sam, who's her younger brother, is not cool with this, and he also was recently influenced by, like, the shitty dare skits about drunk driving deaths and, like, teen uh, alcohol poisoning and things, these, these shitty, like, dare skits they had at school. So he and his nerd friends, they secretly buy a keg of non-alcoholic beer, and they swap it out with the keg of real beer that Lindsay and uh, Seth Rogen and James Franco and them bought. So a bunch of people turn up to the house, including some like old weirdos who are friends of friends of the burnout crew. And the non-alcoholic beer plan doesn't really work because teenagers will destroy a house whether they're drunk or not. So during the party, Lindsay learns that James Franco... By the way, I didn't bother to learn any of the burnout characters' names because it is impossible for me to see them as any people other than James Franco, Seth Rogen, and Jason Segel. So, um, anyway, James Franco gets back together with his girlfriend during the party, and Lindsay's really upset about it. And one of Sam's friends, who is, like, much younger but has a crush on Lindsay, does her a solid... And he calls the cops pretending to be an old man down the street making a noise complaint. And it, like, forces everyone to leave so that she could just go to bed. Um, episode three, Tricks and Treats. I guess that's uh, alliterative, not rhyming. But anyway, episode three is called Tricks and Treats. It's a Halloween episode. Lindsay and Sam's mom is all stoked about handing out candy. Uh, Sam and his friends are debating whether or not they're too old to trick or treat anymore. But they decide to, like, give it one last go. Lindsay doesn't really want to hang out with her mom and distribute candy, so she goes off to cause some mischief with her, her new burnout friends. Excuse me. Sam has a terrible time trick-or-treating. Uh, there's an old lady who harasses him and his friends for being too old. She's this old bitter lady handing out candy, and she's very angry that they're high schoolers trick-or-treating and then he gets harassed by the bully from the first episode and um then his own sister and her new shitty friends accidentally egg him in a drive-by egging uh they just don't realize it's him standing there in the street corner and Lindsay genuinely feels terrible about it um and then Lindsay's mom also has a terrible time handing out candy because she made cookies and there's this whole, like, thing going around school about, like, razor blades and poison in the candy. And so all the parents who come to the door with their kids are like, no, you can't take that. It's it's not hermetically sealed. And so Lindsay's mom's very upset. Uh, Lindsay and Sam go home. Their mom gets some Smarties or whatever. And, uh... Lindsay dresses up in a costume and hands out candy with her mom. 
Very succinct. Thanks. I made notes again this time. Hmm. Smart, smart, smart. Yeah. Very good, I, very good. Yeah. Uh, hey, Ronnie. What? What uh, would you think, huh? <laughs> these uh, these three episodes work for you? Oh, I knew you had to ask it. Um, These three episodes of Freaks and Geeks, <sighs> these three did not work for me. Um, I mean, the point of the show is that we will talk about that. Um, I don't know. It just didn't, uh, it was, uh, 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 eh, no, it just didn't work. I'll leave it there. Hey, Evan. Yeah, Ronnie. These three episodes of Freaks and Geeks, did they work for you? Uh, they did, actually. I thought they were pretty all right. And uh, my criticisms of them, I think, would be kind of unfair criticisms in context. So, uh, yes, they they did. Uh, I thought they were they were fairly entertaining to watch. Hey, Andy. Hey, Ronnie. These three episodes of I believe it was originally on NBC's uh, Freaks and Geeks. Did they work for you? Oh boy! So here's the deal. I cut you off to ask you first, because I always get asked first, and I never know what the group is going to say. And I didn't want to, you know, be stuck out in the cold all by my lonesome. Mm -hmm. If you guys didn't like it, and if I said it was good, and then I would have looked like a big dummy, or if I said I hated it, and then y'all loved it, and I would have looked like a party pooper. Right, so now it's a split decision, so yeah, like, but you, I, like, I, we can't make the decision for you. But I, I, I don't like that I just wanted to agree with the both of you. Right, right. Um, yeah, I'm like real in the middle, and I know that that is like lame, but uh, there were. I think ultimately, the show does not stand on its own anymore in the year of our Lord, 2021. Without the fact of it being like, oh my god, that's little baby Seth Rogen. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say it didn't work. That's fair. And like, a fair assessment. Like, oh, that's Hawkeye's wife. Like, from that bad Avengers <laughs> Linda, movie. I will not let you disrespect Linda Cardellini with that slander of just referring to her as Hawkeye's wife. She got she got uh, the the gloved. She got gloved in that other bad Avengers movie. She got gloved. Yeah, the glove snap happened, and she went by. Oh, she, she got, got gloved. Snapped. She got gloved. <laughs> getting getting gloved is like. <laughs> Is that like a sex act? I don't know. I don't know about. It, it's like when you like it primarily has people who wear rings, like when you catch like a ring or something on something and like the skin of your finger just straight comes off. Oh, uh, that's terrible. Uh, that ha it happened to Jimmy Fallon that, a couple years ago. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. I was I was I, I, horrific. Maybe you, maybe you knew something about the new Black Widow movie that I didn't where Linda Cardellini just gets her like whole you know, skin destroyed, but no, no snaps. The, the snap, the, the, the big silly gold mitten. I wish sure. I didn't. I wish I didn't know about that, Ronnie. I wish yeah, I listen, Jimmy Fallon has cursed our lives, all of our lives, in a lot of ways, and I'm glad I have passed that on to you now. Um, but yeah, so like that's fun to be like, oh look at the, like like sure. Squints from uh from uh the Sandlot. He's a big toughy bully in this, and before he was a little little weird nerd. That's fun. So let's get into it. That is fun. That is, yeah. that is a fun thing. That is that is a positive of this show is that you get to see those people. 
It's like I have Muppet more to say, like but Muppet. I feel like I need to save it for the negatives. Yeah, I have a lot of. So I'm going to save it. Right I, I, it it's I like Muppet Babies, but for stoners. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> it is like Muppet Babies for stoners. This defined their entire careers. Yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways. Uh, I do have I do have some positives. Go ahead. I have the same praise for it. Um, maybe not, not to the same degree, but I do have uh, comparable praise that I had for um, Everything Sucks, where it is, in spite of being called Freaks and Geeks, it uh, it does a good job of demonstrating that the like high school social hierarchy is way more complex than shittier high school dramas would lead you to believe. Mm-hmm. Like, these social groups are not as absolute or as, like, categorical as, like, the jocks versus the nerds versus the stoner. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the main character is, like, sort of figuring out her identity, uh, having been prompted by what sounds like a, a fairly traumatic like event with her grandmother dying and she's like sort of grappling with the concept of death a little bit and i think that's informing some of her decisions but she's like trying to move between like these social groups that she didn't really have any vines into before and uh it it just kind of breaks down some of the like artificial categories that I think worse high school dramas make up for the sake of like plot shorthand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that about it. Uh, I also think that she wasn't in like a weird specific category to begin with because she is very pretty and it's not like they're pretending like she's a weird nerd mathlete because they point out that she's very pretty. And, uh, but yet she was on, like, the math team and doesn't want to be on the math team anymore. Uh, so I think that's good. I also, there are some things in it that are, uh, like, that feel a little bit cliche, but I feel like they are cliche in context of shows that have come out since 1999 and not necessarily in context of shows that existed before then. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it has a lot of the standard fare. It has the like homecoming episode, but the homecoming episodes, the very first episode, I feel like most high school dramas will have like the big dance episode be like a season ender, but it was setting the tone in this show. And, like, yeah, there's definitely touchstones in there. But I feel like the the things about them that are old hat now were not old hat when this show came out. I will say that I do think it is a positive for this show that it does feel like in 1999 it was probably pretty groundbreaking portraying high school like this. Mm-hmm. My decision to not give it bonus points because we are not watching it in 1999. And I do feel like a lot of shows, especially coming off of uh, Everything Sucks and I'm Not Okay With This, those two shows blow this, in my opinion, out of the water. 
And if we had watched this before them, I probably would have given this way more credit. But it just feels like, oh, yeah, so, like, sure, this was groundbreaking, but it's 22 years in the past now. And right. other shows are doing what this established, but, you know, better for modern audiences. So, like, how do we score that? Do we score it for... You know, with them when we review it, do we score it for when it aired? Should we be nicer to young Hercules or <laughs> do we do we score it as, you know, we're watching this in 2021 and we're comparing it to modern shows that have been inspired by it, but maybe sure. like taking the ball and running downfield a bit more. I, I think that this like we will get a lot of shit for this, uh, you and I, Andy, because like I do think that like this show had had to walk so that everything sucks could run like for sure. The, the, the opening scene of this show is like football practice. And you know, the, the, the jockey blonde guy, like on the, having a define the relationship moment with a, with a blonde cheerleader on the bleachers. And like, you know, it, it, it feels that feels like cartoonish compared to what the show is already about. And the show kind of makes a point to be like, like, this is not the story we're telling what we're telling is probably a little bit more realistic and a little bit, you know, more inclusive of other folks experiences, which is like awesome. And, and, and I am excited that they did this. I think that based on the fact that a lot of people have requested this and a lot of people have suggested we do this, I think this would be a good show, especially because we're going to have to do a lot of episodes to cover it, to have on some guests who can maybe give us some context for this. Because I agree, I don't know, like, you know, I didn't watch high school teen dramas in 1997. So I don't know what what to compare this to in in terms of is this I know that this is a big deal, but is this a big deal because it launches the career of Seth Rogen and James Franco and James Siegel and, and all these people, or is it um, a big deal because it is like kind of groundbreaking and historic? I, I, I would love to hear some, you know, more timely responses to that than we can offer. I have a theory and I uh, am happy to be proven wrong if this is not the case, but the show actually takes place in about 1980 Supposedly, I mean, there's things in it that are, are very emblematic of the 90s. Sure. But uh, it's supposed to take place in 1980, but it came out in 1999. So I strongly suspect that the uh, like adults watching it when it came out in 1999 had some like nostalgia associated with the 80s. And I don't know that there was a lot of media doing that at the time, the eighties. Now it's very popular to make period pieces about the eighties. Like we just had stranger things and we had wonder woman, 1984 and we have a glow. Incidentally, I love glow and I love, uh, stranger things, but there's like a trend of like the eighties being a cool thing, a cool period to do, television about and that was not the case in 1999 sure so i think that had something to do with it and that's not a criticism i think that's like interesting that the show did that i will say too that uh the cast is incredible like i feel like the the best known people are 
the the main four we've mentioned so far, but like Sam Levine is here and like everyone who is in the show gets a career later and yeah. like is still working. Like you can go to any other IMDb pages and you'll recognize multiple people from the MCU, multiple people from cop shows your parents watch, multiple people. <laughs> uh the the main kid is in like 140 episodes of fucking bones. Like like all of these people get big either TV or movie careers after being in the show, which is pretty wild. Um, You go, Ronnie. Well, branching off of that, and I, and I will be dipping my toe into this, uh, what didn't work for me pool just a little bit. And, and it may be kind of an unfair way that I'm hoping I will be proved wrong as the show progresses. Um, Stellar cast. Absolutely awesome cast. Based on the roles that we've seen these people in since then, I feel like a lot of lackluster performances. Um, I think Linda Cardellini does a great job. Um, she is incredible. Lindsay, she's very good. Very does does not play it like oh I'm so like like to to your point, Evan. It's not like oh I'm so ugly. Like I'm such a such an outcast. Um, that is like you know in the script, but that could you know. With the way she acts, she could definitely sell that as a little bit different, but she's just kind of a, a self outcast because of her circumstances and she she doesn't play it out of the ordinary. But like everyone else, like I, I, I love uh, Kim, the character who is James Franco's girlfriend is played by Busy Phillips. I love Busy Phillips, um, but I even even her in this role, like it's just kind of like everyone is just sort of one note. And again, it's very early. There's 18 like or, uh, you know, 16 more episodes before the show really starts to develop uh, its folks. Um, But Jason Siegel, I'll say, is is charming. I was just about to say, I think he's trying the hardest of the bunch. I think he's trying the hardest, but I think I can tell that he's trying very hard. (laughs) Um, And and Sam Levine, Sam Levine. I also think that he is doing a good job in like the nerd role the rest of the nerdy like the, the the main guy sam weir he he could easily be like 12 years old, like 10 years old like I, I just i can't really buy him in like a teen setting uh and the other kids are just like the stereotypical like extra extra nerd which works a little bit more here because there are more caricatures i was gonna say he, i don't think they're doing that as much in this no i feel like the three nerds are kind of tacked on and I kind of wish the story was just focusing yeah. on the the burnouts and the the sister but uh I do feel like these three nerds are not as like absurdly over the top with the like nerdy 80s kid Dungeons and Dragons stereotype that yeah. we're super used Nobody to. has said females yet so no one has in my book no one has said by my calculations yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> sure um there uh, is so some I'll shorthand give them that. like yeah yeah no it, that's fair that's fair uh i just think between linda cardellini and sam levine they're they are doing a lot of the heavy lifting sam levine i don't i don't exactly know how i should pronounce that man's name but it's okay. Um, I can't pronounce Siegel slash Seagull yeah. slash Seagull. I, I think, think Siegel's <laughs> doing fine. I just like, I don't know. Siegel Siegel feels like he also doesn't really fit into this group that is like 
James Franco being like super one note and also Seth Rogen just being a literal block of wood. Yeah. Um, in in uh, this, like, I, my, my thing here is just that, like, this clearly was the, like, the springboard for a lot of their careers. But how? <laughs> but but how? why did people, I other will, than the but, fact that they all just got, became real, real friendly with Judd Apatow? Um, uh, before we, like, completely sure, sure. bury I'm ourselves sorry. in was, negatives, I have, I have one... Uh, it's we, fine. we can I, I fully also hop have, back into positives. I I I, 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 I acknowledge have, that that was a, a premature. No, you're fine. I just had like one other like general positive. The show looks good. It's filmed yeah. well. The it's uh, I'm very used to shows from the 90s being filmed by interns or like dudes they hired off the street or whatever. Uh, it looks like they genuinely had professionals framing these shots like the 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 like images themselves look good like the it's very well filmed for a show on television about high school so that i appreciate it mm-hmm. there's some solid goofs like i've i've gotten a, a pretty good chuckle uh, a handful of times uh the dad gets me every time with the that one joke yeah, this is not necessarily a positive or a negative, but I have already pinpointed several things in this now that I'm realizing were a reference to this that I have experienced in culture and just not realized that they were a reference to Freaks and Geeks. So that has been fun. That's been like archaeology. <laughs> uh, any more positives? Um, I do feel like the the stakes seem pretty good for a high school show. Like sure. trying out vandalism for the first time and it's kind of dumb vandalism. Like I, I, I was cracking up when the guidance counselors Jack O'Lantern gets smashed and he's like, oh, dicks. And then he goes in and just pulls out an identical second Jack O'Lantern. Very <laughs> funny, but but also like the stakes of that weren't like they hit a car or right. you, you know, like she accidentally eggs her brother and feels bad about it. And that right. that seems appropriate for you know, your first attempt at vandalism. You Go ahead. You do feel her, like, secondhand humiliation and, like, guilt in all of... that. I, I kind of joke that uh, all of the episodes are about uh, Lindsay trying to do something and it goes terrible. And I don't know about y'all's high school experience, but that that aspect specifically, at least, I definitely identified with. And I think um, Linda, what's her Cardellini. name? Cardellini. Linda Cardellini. Hawkeye's wife. Get, gets a lot of credit. You. I will come over there. <laughs> She's also from Scooby-Doo. She's in the She's Scooby-Doo Velma movie. in Scooby-Doo. Yeah, she is. Anyway, um, I think she deserves a ton of credit for that because when something goes bad, she, Linda Cardellini, her acting it really sells the sense of the world ending that you feel in high school when something has just gone terrible. And like both of you pointed out, the stakes are not high, but when you're in high school, it feels like the stakes are high. And just like the look on her face, the tone of her voice, when like the thing that she was trying falls apart. Very good. Very relatable. Like when she's afraid her brother's going to tell on her several times extremely relatable anxiety inducing um 
when the party is going terribly and she just desperately wants everyone to leave. Very, very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it is, it does feel here. Here's, here's the thing. And, or, Hmm. I keep unintentionally thinking about going into a, a negative, but I don't want to do that because we can do negatives. I don't think I have any more uh, positives, not off the top of my head anyway. So I, I, and, and this is maybe silly to say, because like, I think that, you know, you could frame everything sucks in much this way too. It does feel very grounded. It feels very similar to my high school experience. I don't feel like my high school experience was all that interesting enough to make a TV show about. Like, I don't feel like it was that, you know, uh, and maybe that's like, you know, not what people set out to do in the make a TV show is to make something so like groundbreaking and like, you'll never believe the wild hijinks that happened. Um, but it does feel like a bunch of stuff happens that high schoolers do the end. To That's that fair. point, uh, to that point, um, and this is a negative, I'm just going to say a negative now, it's a massive cast yeah. of all white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I know that it is specifically about, like, privileged white people in the 80s. But like, and they're all, they're all straight white people. Um, mm-hmm. I did like any show I watch, I look up to see if there's queer characters. Apparently the math teacher was intended to be gay, but his scenes got cut. Mm. So like, uh, they were real excited to have this gay character and then they completely cut him from the show Yeah, or at least any, any mention of the fact that he's gay got cut. Uh, so like, why are we... Watching uh, this massive cast of all straight white kids in the 80s, like. And again, a lot of what we're saying, like, I, I again, I hope we've proven wrong. Come for us on the Internet if we're wrong. Come on this podcast and tell us we're wrong. But yes, it is supposed to be about privileged kids, but it also doesn't have much to say about that. Like, it does not seem like that's going to be it's like, you know, edge in this world. It's just kind of like the forlorn uh, angsty teen uh, well, like, is, is more the go to. And, and to to that argument, because I'm sure like people would have that argument. There are roles in this show besides. Privileged white kids mm-hmm. like there there are, you know, character like bits that could have gone to uh, a person of color or you could have had a queer character like, you know, and also why, why make a show about like nine white kids? Like really? (sighs) Other than the fact that you had nine talented white kids that you really wanted everyone to know about. Um, and, 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 you know, not that this, not that they would know that this was a springboard for their career, but um, it certainly seems like it was a, 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 a collective of, of people they thought could do well um, with the script they had. Um, I really, th- I, I agree so much that this show would have, c- could be a lot better if not for the focusing across so many different, like, 
plot lines and, you know, not even like an A plot and a B plot, but like an A plot and an A1 plot. Um, it kind of works when they cross over, like in the uh, the party episode where they're kind of like one in the same. But it's just like th- there's a show from uh, around this. Well, probably 10 years earlier than this called The Wonder Years, um, which I feel like is the geek portion of this show is like the younger kids portion of this show. And it's great. It's got six seasons. Like, go watch that. Like, that certainly was a nerd show well before this and not set in the same time period, set even earlier. So it doesn't, you know, maybe hit all those beats. But like it, it, it there there are like I, I there are like Star Trek related uh, daydreams about the the girls on this show on the show in the Wonder Years. Like it, 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 it scratches that nerd itch. And so when this show comes in and it's just like, hey, here's the burnouts and like they're the heroes of this world. Yes. Like, that's interesting. I'm, in, I'm here for it. I don't really want to spend too much time elsewhere. I agree. Uh, I think the show doesn't really want to spend time with the nerds either. Yeah. And uh, would much rather be focusing on the, the burnout crew. I do think the idea of this fledgling burnout uh in Lindsay who like wants to go down that path and she's got like a nerdy younger brother who's scared for her. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Sure. Um and like I think the the scene where she eggs him was really strong. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't need to spend the time with like the, the little uh, nerdy crush and right. the you, you know the the friends uh you know do we go trick or treat like I don't I don't care about that shit like it's such an it's such an interesting thing because like in my head I'm like well I want the brother to be there but if he's there he should probably have a reason to be there and not just like fodder for Lindsay but like if it was on the other feet foot and like James Franco was the Lindsay of this story and James Franco had a little sister they wouldn't think twice about just making her. Like the the you know, the the uh, dramatic relief for the show, or like the the pull at your heartstrings relief for the show, and not focus anything on her at all. Um, that's I, a little bit I of almost, straw man, but I almost wonder if they were trying to uh, build in, uh, you know, extra length to the show by casting these freshman characters, mm-hmm. so that when the older characters move on, they can keep the show going. I don't know Ooh, if that was actually the plan, but that's kind of what it feels like. And it's sure. like, okay, well, you know, when they get interesting, I'll care about them. But yeah. that's two seasons from now, and we're not there yet. So, yeah. Um, I, I still just have strong feelings about you calling her Hawkeye's wife. That's a, that's a big negative for me. <laughs> um. Was she Velma? She was Velma in Scooby-Doo. She is uh, in the very good show, Dead to Me. Uh, She was in, uh, of course, The Avengers, um, but also voices. All of the bad ones. Yeah, exactly. Gravity Falls, uh, Mad Men. uh, Green Book. I saw that. I saw that. That's not one of the ones I was going to mention. (laughs) Brokeback Mountain. Um, which gay cowboy is she? Uh, she's none of them. 
Oh. Um, and I've not seen, unfortunately, I've not seen uh, Brokeback Mountain to, to just tell you if, which wife she is. Yeah, there you go. I, I have she was seen in the Bro- Lazarus Project. I have seen Brokeback Mountain. I have no recollection of her. Sure. I guess she must have been one of the two gay cowboys' wives. I, I would assume so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she's great. She's absolutely terrific. Um, new girl. The, the list goes on. Mostly, I'm just obsessed with her because I've recently watched uh, Dead to Me, and that's Susan's getting that's getting a season three. Should check it out. Uh, it's a better show than this. Um, yeah, I, 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 I do not like what I'm doing right now. I don't like that. Like you're being Evan. I'm not. I don't think that's fair yeah. to me or Evan. <laughs> what a what a twist. What a what role a reversal. I'm the only one who likes it. I, I I do think it's interesting as a cultural artifact, even if I and to be clear, I am not just saying it worked because I like it archaeologically. Right. I, I do think it was like a pretty serviceable show. I don't think it's a bad show. Uh, I will I don't say know that, that I think it's a bad show either. I, I did try and watch it before and I got about two episodes in and I never finished it. Yeah. And I. uh you know, when we were getting, when Evan said he wanted to do this for ending pending, I was like, oh, I wonder why I stopped watching it. And then, like, <laughs> I never went back to it because I knew at some point we were going to do it for ending pending, so I couldn't. But after watching three episodes now, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's why it stopped. Yeah. As we I'd talked about. i watch Boy Meets World. If I'm going to watch a show about all white people in high school, I'll probably watch Boy Meets World. <laughs> Boy Meets World even slips in the occasional black character that apparently was uh, terribly uh, uh, mistreated on the set. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess, like, I have other things that, like, kind of made this fall a little flat for me. Some of it is probably it's it's overhyped, uh, as anything would be that has been talked about for, you know, uh, two decades at this point. Um, but I think at this point, it's just my call for like, Hey, let us know, like, let us know, like a, not necessarily what we're missing. I don't need like someone to mansplain the dynamics of the party scene to me. Um, but like, you know, if, if you have some insight into what television was like before this point and what, you know, series could do, um, before this point. Um, I, I would I would love to hear it because I do think to some degree, A, we're watching it in a in a in a bubble of, you know, 2021 watching it for a podcast. So we're, we're trying to kind of get through them to some degree. Um, and also, you know, we, we're we're seeing it as James Franco and, and, and Seth Rogen and not as whoever these characters are like the, 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 they're. They're doing the the vandalism scene and they're like, no, I think we need to get like some real heavy stuff. I need we need to like really vandalize things. And like, I know James Rank Franco and Seth Rogen and these people. I'm ready for them to pull out guns like like I'm just like the fact that they're like, we'll get the eggs is just like, oh, OK, that's what a high schooler would do. But I'm not prepared for James Franco to like, yeah, we're going to take it to the next level and and prank some trick-or-treaters um, it's not like a dildo cannon right. or something yeah it's... which is not a fair critique of this show that's no. not that's not okay for me to, to say and it's also well, these have been three episodes and it's, it's if including people did watch this live you know in oh, yeah. 1999 
and they didn't know who these actors were, that's that's something we can't recapture at this point. Right. Right. You know, but if you did watch it live and you didn't know who these actors were, and then you did see them go on to become huge fucking famous stars, like literally everyone on this show is now, like, yeah, that would kind of make you reflect on this show very differently. And we can't possibly like capture that. My my theater teacher in high school was obsessed with Marlon Brando. Um he was very gay, so that had something to do with it for sure. But uh, he he would talk about Streetcar Named Desire, um, a film from a long. It's in black and white, long time ago, and it was. And this is this is coming from my theater teacher, so don't don't get mad at me if I have this all wrong. But how Marlon Brando's character talks in in the film, how he delivers dialogue, is the way a you know. Louisiana uh, blue collar worker would talk with like real, you know, marbles in his mouth and just, you know, and and screaming. And it was very, very different from film up to this point where everyone just kind of spoke in a very transatlantic accent uh, so that people could clearly hear what they're saying, because this is how acting is done, Mary. Um, And that was groundbreaking. And like, it, it it's I like streetcar, but like I don't look at that and be like, whoa, because I can't because I can't go back and like imagine what it was like before that. And of course, now, like people just speak in roles how the script calls for it. It's not something you're supposed to do. Um, but like that, that is how I feel here of just like I don't I don't have the context and I don't it, I can't go back in time and, and pretend that I do. Um, so, so I, I would really, really love for someone to be my theater teacher here and say like, no, 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 here's why this like was impactful on TV because this is also like well before, um, you know, uh, TV became TV before like prestige television. Um, you know, I, I, I would. I, I, maybe that's something we can do for next time is like look up the shows that were on at the time. And I have to imagine it's all just like it's sitcoms and it's like Seinfeld and, and you know, the wonder years and like all these shows that are definitely very different from this. Um, so maybe this was like, you know, kind of the dawn of that era to some degree. Um, but, but I, I don't know. And so I would love, I would love for that good, good fan input. Tell us about freaks and geeks. Tell Tell us us about it. Tell us the secrets. And uh, to that point, Ronnie, I do I do want to say that a big part of Endipendi that I did not really expect would be people like messaging us, requesting shows that they loved that got canceled and then us watching those shows and saying they suck. (laughs) And uh, I do want to say one, that's not our intention. Uh, to like just shit on uh, a show that anyone loves. Um, there is an antidote about George Lucas where he he saw a movie that was terrible, and at the end he clapped, and uh, someone asked him why'd you clap? That movie was awful, and he said, "It's amazing it got made. Someone made that, and they tried their best to make mm-hmm, something, mm-hmm. and no one sits out to make a bad thing." 
and we should just appreciate that they tried to make us something. And yeah, like it is impressive that, you know, these shows got made and they didn't get the ending they deserved. Yep. And I do think that when you watch something and you connect with part of it and you're uh, semi-invested in it and then it gets canceled, maybe you get more invested in it. And maybe you remember it being, you know, years later, you know, oh, the show with the the dinosaurs or there was the show with the time traveling dad and the radio or, you know, and you just kind of remember the parts that you enjoyed and the sadness that it got canceled. And you, you maybe dreamed up, a, you know, what happened next in your in your noodle and you just remember it good. And then you send it to us and we don't have <laughs> any of those feelings wrapped up in it. We don't. Because we didn't watch these shows uh, <laughs> other than the ones we watched. And we, uh, you know, y'all hated the river and I was very sad about it. And then y'all hated Black Donnelly's and I was very sad about it. <laughs> and then you guys hated Almost Human and I was very sad about it. So, like, I get it. I really do. But, uh, yeah, we're we're not setting out to be overly negative if uh, this is a show you loved and connected with and remember fondly. But um, we don't have that, that same sort of... Uh, perspective and lens you might have and mm-hmm. we're we're just trying to tell it as we see it now right and as we said and not it's a fine. bad show it's like, fine it's it's just like like you said it it its strength is in its cast and not necessarily in those casts performances but um yeah you can watch it and go that's spider-man's uh teacher that's a little Spooderman's teacher, and he's a nerd in this, and getting picked on, and he's in—he's uh, dressed as the Bionic Woman. But that's Spooderman's teacher. Also, I'm pretty sure that the gym teacher is Biff from Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah not, for sure. I did for not sure. look it up, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, thank you for saying that because it was bothering me. <laughs> I feel like is he could Biff? be playing Biff still in this. I feel I, like he could still be Biff. I think so. I like I, I said. I didn't look it up, but I'm pretty sure that's him. I don't think it. I, I, now that I'm like thinking about it, I don't know that it is. It's Shooter McGavin. It's yes, it's Shooter McGavin. Is it Thank really? You. Yes. Oh defi- shit! One hundred percent is Shooter McGavin. Oh, thank you. That would have that was that bothering is. me. Uh, he is the antagonist in the Adam Sandler classic, Happy Gilmore. Uh, Thomas F. Wilson is his name. Not Biff, but Shooter McGavin. We had a false He Biff. is also Biff, though. Hey. Shit. Shit. I knew what the fuck I was Wait, talking is about. He, is he Shooter Is he Biff and not Shooter McGavin? Is he both? Hang on a second. Hang on a if second. If he's both, I'm going to I'm going to lose my fucking mind. He's definitely Biff. He's got to be Shooter McGavin, is he not? I don't think he is. I think he's Biff. Hang on a second. Uh, the drama of the false Biff. Fake out into the into the shooter McGavin into the false shooter McGavin into the true Biff. He's not. He's not shooter McGavin. He's not he's shooter Biff. McGavin. He's just Biff Evan. Yeah, Evan. baby, I won Evan. this round. <laughs> it's a good show. Now we all have to agree that it's a good show and it's working for us. This is a now fun I, game you can play, though. I, I yes, I have to find now pictures. <laughs> What's this? What is this actor's name? Um. Totally different people. <laughs> I need to see pictures of young Christopher McDonald and young Thomas F. Wilson and play. Is this Biff or Shooter McGavin? 
We'll, we'll, we'll post it on Twitter. This is going to be a fun little oh, Twitter game. Oh, this will be game. a fun game we do. Drive up that engagement. Yeah. Engage oh, wow. with us on Twitter. See, this show is good, apparently. it's Look at the content it's created already. I have a question. What the fuck kind of a name is Biff? Oh, is that bad short one. for something? It's a 50s name. Is that a, like, is that a real name that people had, or is that, like, some kind of a, one of those, uh, one of those 50s incomprehensible nicknames? Doesn't matter. Anyway. No. We have to make the whole show about this now. <laughs> I'm so this mad that it was entitled, Biff. This, this show is now entitled, What the Fuck Kind of a Name is Biff, anyway? Yeah. The name Biff is good, actually. Be my no, it's not. It's that'll not. That'll be my competitive podcast. <laughs> Start uh, that one just to malign you. This okay. Bring it on. I I love competition between. Is fan fiction good? And is the name Biff a good name? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like one of these wells runs a little bit deeper than the other. Maybe. Yeah, IMDb doesn't even have like a full name for him. It's just Biff. It's just his just name is Biff. Biff. I mean, it's Biff Tannen, but there's no like, you know, Oswald quotations Biff Tannen. It's just yeah. Biff. That does sound like exactly what this, you know, that sounds how the 50s do. Yeah. So we've put out our call for people to let us know how wrong we are, uh, or or at least two of us, because Evan, you you are on the record. You are you are staking your claim here. Good show. Yeah. Um, and ho- I, I think I will be proven wrong i just like i don't know we gotta cause it like we seize it ronnie i I just i was i was bored like i'll say i'll say that much and 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 you know that that is not always the mark of like this isn't working for me sometimes i'm bored and it's still like a good show there there were moments of that we talked about last time of um you know Pushing daisies where it's like, how much longer is this? Because in this like little five minute segment, this is a little boring. We could cut this, but it was so good. It's not like a, a catch all that like this was boring, but like it was boring. And I was like, uh, this I might do, be overhyped. I want to end this episode desperately because yes. I'm yes. tired, but yes. but I'm going to make it go longer. Uh, yes. I am formally uh, requisitioning an official Andy is it working? Eh, category. Stop. <laughs> I am. We need that. We need that officially. Cause, cause putting this show in the not working category with fucking inhumans and well. goddamn young Hercules is not right. And I do think we should have an eh category in there. Officially. I know that I've been like, Doing it because I'm I'm like the saucy kind of like like spunky rebel of the group and I like that's, break the rules all the time. That's and a I great go, way of saying absolutely non-committal. And you guys war. go, you guys go, Andy, is it working? You can say yes or no, and I go eh. Or you guys go, you can only pick a one season TV show and it's got to have a plot. And I'm like, here's a two season docu series. Right. Fuck yeah! Or here's season one of a two season show. You know, I'm kind of like the the scamp of the group. Sure. But I'm officially, uh, uh, you know, requis- is requisitioning the right word? I don't, I don't think- know. It might be. It might be the right word. Requisition? But I'm, like, I, I okay. am requisitioning a new status because Freaks and Geeks was voted not working in this episode. And it does not deserve to be with uh, Inhumans and Selfie. 
Don't okay, okay. We're we're done here. We're absolutely done. No, Send us a no, tweet. No, no, at Ronnie, Ronnie on Twitter. Ronnie, discuss this with play in the space with me, Ronnie. <laughs> what what do you and Evan think of my proposal? Of my requisitioning? I think there's I think to say you know what this word means. I think to take this show back to Seth Rogan and say, Hey Seth Rogan, we did this show on our podcast and we have the system. Guess. Of whether it works or it doesn't work. And Seth Rogen says, oh, did it work? And we say, eh, I don't feel like that's like the shining uh, credit that you think it is. Well, no, but other than say the we fact have- that we're like, oh, don't worry. It would have been down here with uh, the Dresden files. I feel like we could go to Seth Rogen and we could say, hey, Seth, I love it when you dunk on Ted Cruz. Yeah, uh, that's always great. I love your vases, also. Yeah, we love yeah. your pottery. I love how fans. hot you are now. Yeah, he did get really hot, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. But, and then we could say we did your show that you love. Uh, we we have a system. Does it work? Is it eh? Or does it not work? And we were like, you know, it was eh. He'd probably be like, you know, that's they, fair. And we'd pass call, we'd pass him a blunt. I think I think they call that damning with faint praise. I think Looks. there's I think there is a, a, a discussion to be had about our pass fail system maybe not being the best for uh art. Um but I don't know. Now if we now we rank the... it we rank it out of a hundred. We go to in completely the opposite direction. We get extremely granular with yes. the ranking. We, yes. we can have a little sin counter and every time the show does something <laughs> that we arbitrarily deem is a sin, we can go and sometimes we can edit it. We can edit the show to make it look like something that didn't actually happen. That way we can add in some more and we can fit the narrative to our uh, our our aimed discourse and ruin uh, kind of online media criticism for a generation. Sounds good. Let's do it. If you want to help us uh, ruin media media criticism online for a generation you can go to patreon.com slash wtm radio that is where they may radio a joint venture between ending pending and force friends rewatch what do you do over there on force friends rewatch what do you, how do you decide if an episode is uh eh, you know is it is it just everything is either uh episode nine of the mandalorian or episode or the uh holiday special is that is that your your uh your line we are doing a long-form video uh, docu-series about how George Lucas actually ruined Star Wars for the fans and uh, should have the power stripped away from him of controlling Star Wars. And then we're doing a sequel now where actually he was the hero all along <laughs> and it was Kathleen Kennedy who ruined all of Star Wars. And we've just forgotten about how... We, uh, in the previous installment, talked about how awful George Lucas was. And, and actually, he was a misunderstood visionary. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what we're doing right now over there. Sounds like, sounds like the, you're writing some fan fiction over there, which reminds me of another show that's on the Where They May Radio Network, and that's uh, Fan Fiction. Let me try that one one <laughs> more time. Fan fiction is good, actually. Uh, it is well, a hard name to say. It's 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 lengthy, but I like I like it. It's it's snappy. Um, uh, that that's that's our our good friend Evans new podcast. Uh, lots of guests, Patreon exclusive content. Um, talking about 
the fan fiction that is in our lives and the lives that is fan fiction. Um, yeah. Promo just dropped yesterday. It hasn't, yeah. pro- hasn't propagated to all podcatchers <laughs> yet, but it's working on it. Uh, first episode will be out May 10th. First full episode. Interview. Inf- interesting interview. Very good. You will And enjoy. I believe it'll, it'll come to you sooner if you're on uh, Patreon? Yeah. 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 You will have access to that. Uh, I mean, honestly, we can put that up in like a day or two if y'all want. Ooh. Yeah. It's ready. It's ready to go. Maybe we should have the Patreon members do a vote and, and select the ant eh, if they like the ant. Eh. <laughs> I just think they'll be on my side. I think I they'll can vote put up a how poll. I tell them to. I can put up a poll. Uh, happy to do that. Um, yeah, the, the poll shall be, should we add and eh, to our ranking system? And the answers will be yes, no, and. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull a uh, fucking George W and be like the hanging chads count for me. <laughs> Get them adverts. Uh I think we will post uh if it's okay with you Evan, I think we will post um Fan Fiction is good actually episode 1 on May 1st because it'll be the start of where they may may. That's right. Hey. That's right. This is a, a fundraiser, a, 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 a pledge drive that I've been thinking of doing unofficially and forgot to tell y'all about it. But <laughs> where, they, it. where they may may is going to be a good time. Yeah. Love I, it. I, I, I have this whole thing about like making branded um, radios like like clock radios and oh. people who participate can win a where they may radio radio. Um, in the month of where they may may, yeah, where they uh, yes, uh, where they may may radio radio. Oh wow, this is very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's probably not gonna happen. Uh, maybe a sticker. Um, I like the sticker. The yeah. sticker's good too. Uh, I got to touch base with Riza about the art, and then we'll yeah. uh, we'll see if we can get some of that merch merch up. Absolutely, fundraiser. Yeah, check out the Patreon. Check out the Twitter. Um, check out all the podcasts on the network. Andy, what do we say at the end of these episodes? Uh, CinemaSins can suck a bag of dicks. Yeah, fuck CinemaSins. They're not great. They're not great. Just a whole bag. That's uh, that's how we end the podcast now. Yep. I like being the nega CinemaSins. Where They May Radio.